Christopher Ward prays for us regularly, so I thought we would pray for them. So, Lord, we ask you to bless Freedom Church and Christopher's, his, uh, Pastor Ward, his part, then Bruce, his father. They're speaking. Bless them and their ministry in town. Um, be with them. And we'd also like to bless one of the vineyards in Alabama. Can someone name a vineyard that they know that's in Alabama? Anyone? Anyone? Inverness. Thank you, Mr. Buer. Miss Buer. <laughs> okay. Let's bless them at um, Inverness Vineyard in the Birmingham area. We, we bless them and everything that's going on there. And, uh, their hearts for uh, the countries up in the Baltic area and their connection from there and helping the pastor up there in the past and all their friends that are still there and family. I'm going to add to that the uh, there's a bunch of young people that have been conscripted into the Russian army, and their mothers have lost contact with them. And some of the Ukrainians uh, ran into some of these young men, and uh, and so they were nice enough to give them their phones and let them call home because they'd not gotten to call home since this whole movement started, and the mothers didn't know where their where their children were. So that's some of the people that are protesting in the streets are the are the parents in, in Russia. So we we ask you, Lord, for all of your children um, from Russia and all of your the ones in Russia and the ones in Ukraine and just have mercy upon them. Give them all grace. Stir that you love them and that you're for them and that. Would you watch over them and then and then and use this to draw other people into a relationship with you? And uh, we ask you to bring peace to that area. We know that's a seems like an overwhelming thing to ask for, but you are our Father, and you told us to boldly come before your throne. So we we come before your throne. Speak to us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And Maria said hello to you from uh, Pakistan. Uh, you know, time, we're 12 hours apart, so I, I was up at 4 a.m. and she can tell, I guess, and she goes, hey, what's happening? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm writing a sermon. How are you? So we had some exchanges back and forth, and, and that was good. Turn with me to Numbers 13. I didn't realize how pertinent this could become uh, early this morning. Since then, um, you, know, you, know, you never know about the news exactly what's really true and what's been you know, no matter who you listen to and stuff. And, um, so the, the the fact that uh, Russia is 
getting their nuclear missiles ready if they want if they wanted to launch would be in shape for that that is uh, pretty sobering too besides everything else just add that on top of it but this is a sobering time this takes place um, well this is before this is this is 40 years before this is when Joshua is young when Joshua uh, in the book of Joshua, when he when he crosses over into the promised land, he's between 68 and 78 years old. But we're going to back up in time to the to the to the before this. So, New American Standard, chapter 13 of Numbers. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, "Send out for yourself men, so that they may spy out the land of Cana." which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of his father's tribes, everyone a leader among them. So 12 leaders sent by each of the tribes, selected, and we have then um, the list of their names down through here, who they were. And so this down, maybe the third down, is Caleb. And Caleb's name means wholehearted. He was a wholehearted, you know, names mean stuff. And then when you get down to verse 8, we have Hoshea, who is, uh, Moses calls him Joshua. He has his own name for him. And Joshua in Hebrew is Yeshua, which means the Lord is salvation. And when you transliterate that in the Greek New Testament, and then into our English, we get the name Jesus. So this is, you know, Jesus was a very common name at the time that Jesus was alive. But, and it's because Joshua, Yeshua, he's an important person. You know, he's like the next man after Moses is done stuff. And he's, he's the young man that's staying at the tent of the meeting, just hanging out there all the time. More, you know, when he's down there when Moses is back home with his wife and kids, Joshua is down at the tent, you know, or, or Moses is helping to make decisions, you know, and got all these other people helping him do judgments on disputes. That's where Joshua stays. So there's a list down through chapter 13, like 15. Let's drop on down. And uh, there in verse 16, it, it tells you that Moses calls him Joshua. Verse 17, And Moses sent, sent them to spout the land of Cana. And he said to them, Go up into the Negev, the low country there, and then go up into the hill country and, and see what the, what the land is like, whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether there are few or many. How is the land in which they live? Is it good or is it bad? How are the cities in which they live? For are they like are they like open camps or they got fortifications around them? How's the land? Is it fat, lean? Are there trees in it or not? Make an effort then to get some of the fruit of the land. He's just giving them the regular, you know, he's the old guy now. He's like 80 years old. Uh, and because this, this was a time of year, it says, for ripe grapes. Verse 21. So, so they go out and they spout the land. And it gives the places that they went. Pages, I can't get the. Let me tell you that again. 
Okay, and so when they had gone and through all this, uh, they end up in a, in a valley where there's growing grapes down in verse 23. And they cut down a single branch of a single cluster of grapes, and the grapes are so heavy that they have to put it on a pole between two guys <laughs> to bring the grapes back. Now, Jeffrey, I guess that, that'd be pretty... A lot of grapes. Are they giant grapes? I mean, is like one grape the size of a watermelon? I don't know. What's the, I, I don't know. No, okay. Yeah, I, know, I don't know, but we weren't there. But uh, it's a big deal. Let's drop down to like 25. When they return from spying out the land, at the end of 40 days, ah, 40 days, they proceed to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation, the sons of Israel. They're at um, tradition and out in the wilderness and they brought back word to them and to all the congregations sh and showed them the fruit of the land. Now, I don't know how you get like a, how many people must have been in this crowd, but you know, everybody was crowding in when, when these 12 spies show back up after 40 days, right? This is a, this is, I don't know how you'd even do this, but you know, it's like, stand back, give them some room. You know, we want to hear what they've got to say to Moses and Aaron, the, like, to the leadership team. And they say, we went into the land, verse 27, where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of the giants. This group, of, remember Goliath and them, there's some big people. You know, some of them have got six fingers. I mean, they're big. They're big people. Uh, and then it names other people. Amalek is living in the land of, of in the hill country, and the Hittites, Jebusites, the Amorites, they're all living in the hill country, and the Canaanites are living, they like their seafaring group, so they're down on the, on the, on the ocean edge in the side of the Jordan. Verse 30, and then Caleb, the wholehearted one, quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, the other ten, not counting Joshua, there's two for it and ten against it, ten other leaders from the ten, ten of the other tribes. We're not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we had gone in spying it out, it's a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom you saw in are men of great size there. There even we saw the Nephrim, which is, again, land for giant people. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. We get to this place in our lives ever so often. It might be today. It might be next week. Sometime where what you have before you is something, depending on where you are spiritually at the time, it's giants, it's impossible, it's too big, it's scary, it just gives you anxiety, you lose sleep if you think about it. Or you might be spiritually at the point right then when you see it, you go, wow, this is really going to be trouble. But 
I think this is God's plan. I, I think I'm just going to lean into this. Now, I know it. I don't have the time. I don't have the money to do this. I don't like this to be. We could just lose all of something, other this or that or something. And, you know. I, I find myself in both those places down through the years. Uh, I probably had more negative ones than I had positive ones. That's where, you know, if I start trying to write them down. And then there's those moments not like this, which, you know, it just pivots on, like they say, on a dime. I mean, it's just such a, like, wow, God, I, s I so easily could have gone left if that's the bad route. <laughs> the road, I took the road less traveled. Was that Larry Norman? And it made all the difference. One way, one way to heaven. Okay. Uh, There's a bunch of people in the world right now that are at this place, seeing whatever we're seeing in front of us. Chapter 14. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Okay, verse 2, and all the sons of Israel grumbled uh -uh, against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or that we had died in the wilderness. I wish we had meat, you know, this is that, like, uh, I wish we had meat to eat, like before, you know, or we need some water, or we're tired of being in the desert, or... What is this manna? What is this? The, what is it? What they called it, you know, manna. What is it? I'm tired of the what is it. I'm tired of eating this stuff. I'm tired of going out and gathering it every day. And like, you know, by the time the sun hits it, it's kind of, you know, it just kind of shrivels up and you can't keep it except one day a week. You can get enough for, for two days because if you try to gather extra, it, like worms get in it. Forget that it tastes like wafers with honey in it, but, but you get tired of eating the, the same old thing. They were all really looking forward to this place down. They, they were really like, this This is great. Look at those grapes. The grape, looking at the grapes didn't last very long when you started hearing all the other stuff about fortified cities and all these people groups and giants living there and we trust these guys, you know, the different. Why is the Lord bringing us in this land, verse 3, to fall by the sword? Our, our, our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Just your typical church thing. history is that uh, I got to go to a lot of Wednesday night meetings down through the years that were the pivotal things. 
And basically, that's what ended up these meetings would be. They wouldn't say it exactly like this, but it was basically like, we don't like this pastor anymore. We don't trust him. Let's overthrow them and get us a new one. Get us a committee. I see nodding here. You've been there, done that. You know. I don't know that it was actually over the color of the carpet. There was usually something else, but, you know. drive through Rainbow City and show you churches. That church was formed out of a split at that church, and then that church was formed out of a split of that church, you know. I think it goes all the way back to the Protestant Reformation. I'm not sure, but. Verse 5, Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation and the sons of Israel. Were they worried about their job, or were they more worried about the attitude of the people? Because they knew God more personally than the people did. And they knew this is not going to end well. Verse 6, Joshua and Caleb and those who spire, uh, you know, those two, it said they tore their clothes, verse 6. They writ their, you know, their clothing, meaning, you know, this is bad. And they spoke to all the congregation and the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and hun honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. And do not fear them. Verse 10, But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. The Lord has had it, and here he comes. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel, so that we know where they're meeting. They're all meeting down at the tent of meeting, where this is all going on. Okay, and the Lord says to Moses, verse 11, How long will this people spur me? How long will they not believe in me, despite all the signs that I have performed in their midst? I will smite them with pestilence and dispose of them, and I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. But Moses is going to intercede on their behalf. Moses says to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, for by your strength you brought up this people from its midst, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land that they have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people, for you, O Lord, are seen eye to eye while your cloud stands over them and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And now if you slay this people as one man, then the nations who have heard of your fame will say, because the Lord cannot bring this people into the land which he promised them by oath, therefore he slaughtered them in the wilderness. You're going to look terrible. You're, you're, you're just look terrible. You're the name of you. The real God. But now I pray, let the power of the Lord be great, just as you have de declared. And he's talking back to God, what God has said to him in the cleft of the rock. The Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will not he by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I pray. The iniquity of this people, according to the greatness of your loving kindness, 
just as you also have forgiven his people from Egypt, even until now. There is judgments flowing all over the earth right now. The longer this goes on, Ukraine and and Russia and fight that they, you know, never mind the, who started what. I mean, yeah, that's really big, but everybody's got opinions and everybody's saying things and hu humanity stirred up in places where they're in contact with all these things that are going on. says, verse 20 to Moses, I've pardoned them according to your word. But indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these ten times. There's been ten times that things have gone on for the time that they've been out there. And they've not been out there a long time. And have not listened to my voice, shall by no means see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spurred me see it. I'm going to pardon them, but they're not going to see the promised land that I have promised. Verse 24, but my, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites live in the valleys and turn tomorrow and set out in the wilderness by the way of the Red Seas, giving them directions. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? you who are grumbling against me. I have heard the complaints of the sons of Israel, which they are making against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will surely do to you. Your corpses, you remember they talked about their kids and their, their wives and, their, and that they were going to die out here. He says, your corpses will fall in this wilderness, even all of your numbered men, according to, the, according to your complete numbers from 20 years old and upwards, who have grumbled against me. And surely you shall not come into the land which I swore to settle you except Caleb and Joshua. Only two that are going to be above this age is cut off like, you know, everybody below 20. Only two older guys are going to go in. All the children that you said I was going to kill, they're going to see it, but you're going to die out here in the wilderness. Verse 31, your children, however, whom you said will become a part, oh, there it is. I'll bring them in, and they'll know the land which you rejected, but as for you, your corpses will fall in this wilderness. Your sons shall be shepherds for 40 years in the wilderness, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness. According to the number of days which you spied out the land, 40 days, for every day you shall bear your guilt a year, even 40 years, and you shall know my opposition. My opposition. My opposition. 
And I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this I will do to all this evil generation who are gathered together against me. And in this wilderness they shall be destroyed, and there they will die. Was this fair? Was it just? Did he love them? Yes. spoken and told them that he was going to take them to a promised land? Yes. Did it look impossible to some? Yes. To most? But then they turned and they went against him and went against his those who he had set up to lead and wanted to and was going to stone him in a few minutes And I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this I will do to all this evil generation who are gathered together against me. And in this wilderness they shall be destroyed, and there they will die. And as for the men whom Moses sent to, to spy out the land and who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing out a bad report concerning the land, even those men who brought out the very bad report of the land died by a plague before the Lord. Ten spies didn't even live very long. But Joshua and Caleb remained alive out of those men who went to spy out the land. And Moses spoke these words to all the sons of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And in the morning, however, they rose up early and went to the ridge of the hill country, saying, Here we are. We have indeed sinned, but we will go into the place which the Lord has promised. Just don't know God very well. Moses says, why then are you transgressing the commandment of the Lord when it, was, it will not succeed? Do not go up or you will be struck down before your enemies, for the Lord is not among you. And they did it, and it happened. They got beat up on, and some of them died. You'll hear about it if you've not already heard about that the leadership team at the Anaheim Vineyard decided to pull the Anaheim Vineyard out of the Vineyard USA. And so they'll be talking about that today because they, uh, the national, the new national director sent out an email the outline is stating this. And uh, for whatever reasons, they didn't contact the national leadership, but decided from Anaheim to do this. And so um, 
you know, that's going to cause stir back and forth. And just bless them all. Bless the national team that's just been released 1st of January to do things. And bless the leadership um, in Anaheim. So that's just a little piece of the vineyard world in America. Any thoughts about Joshua and Caleb? Are there any of this conspires anything? We haven't had a conflict this great since probably the end of World War II. And then the Korean conflict was pretty bad. So, Lord, we want to be like Joshua and Caleb. We want to not just believe you with our words, but we want to follow it out with our actions. Whatever you say, we want to be with you in that. Whether our, our hearts are beating fast and we're full of anxiety, we want to move forward with you in things that may feel impossible or look impossible. We are your people, the sheep of your pasture. Your son, seated at your right hand. He is our older brother. He is our coming bridegroom. is the Lord's salvation. May we be like Caleb and embrace him wholeheartedly. We thank you for this Lord's day. Your arm is not short. Your compassion and your, your loving kindness is great towards humanity. and toward your children. Your children who have been born and gone on to be with you and your children who are alive now and those who have come to know you today and those yet to be born that are yours. A, a whole sea of people will sometime stand still before you or kneel before you or be on their faces before your throne. A whole sea of people before the majestic one, the creator of all things that have been created. And we will all agree that you are king.
and that Jesus is the one who should be honored, who has gone before us, and we are his people. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who never leaves us. Speak to each of us today. Commune with each of us today. When you give us assignments, may we, may we act upon them. Just because it's, it's great to be in the family business. May wisdom prevail in the vineyard in the USA. In Jesus' name.